Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of 219 Green Connect, where we explore topics about the environment and green living in Northwest Indiana. For past show archives, news, and upcoming events, you can check out our website at 219greenconnect.com, or you can join us on Facebook or Twitter. Our ID on both of those is at 219greenconnect. You can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. I'm your host, Kathy Sippel, and today with me, I have a special guest. Her name is Leslie Dorworth, and her title is Aquatic Ecology Specialist at Purdue University Northwest. She uh, runs a really interesting program called the Indiana Master Watershed Steward, and I was lucky enough to be part of that program two years ago in the very first cohort. So, Leslie, I'm happy to have you, and I'm just really anxious for the listeners to find out all about this program and the new opportunity to be able to join. So thanks for being here. Well, thank you, Kathy, for inviting me, and um, I thank all your listeners for uh, listening to me right now. So I'm just here to talk about the Indiana Master Watershed Steward Program, but before I even get started, um, let me tell you a little bit about me and where I'm coming from. So uh, my name is Leslie Dorworth, and I work at Purdue University Northwest in Hammond, Indiana, and I also work for Illinois Indiana Sea Grant, which is a federal program, which is, so we're one of 34 Sea Grant programs across the country. And for us, because we're Illinois and Indiana, we're concerned about what is happening in the 90-plus miles of the Lake Michigan coastline that the two states have. So we look at or work with our local stakeholders, the public, to say the federal government employees, state nonprofits, uh, concerning, say, the fisheries or shoreline erosion or... In my case, I do water safety. One of the uh, issues here for water safety is are are the rip currents and um, longshore currents and just getting the word out that maybe we shouldn't be doing what we're doing relative to that. And then this program, the Indiana Master Watershed Steward Program. And I should probably say at least for Purdue University Northwest because I can't just leave them hanging there. I teach for the biology department and um, which is fantastic, but I'm here to talk about Watershed Steward. So we've been running the program, and Kathy was one of our uh, 16 uh, stewards, or well, at least first stewards in 2019, which was when it first ran. And uh, so we could say she was one of our piloting stewards at the time, and it's uh, we. Ran it. It was a, it's a 12-week program, and um, each week we would have a different speaker come in. So we have curriculum that was designed for this program to talk about, um, say, water quality, or climate change, or our our forests, or even just how to become a volunteer. And these speakers would come into the classroom where we were and talk about the the topic that they were we asked them to talk about but they would also talk about what they do which made it i think even more interesting 
for those sitting in the audience to listen to or more engaging. And then um, because we start in March, it's a little bit difficult with the weather to get out and do things. But as we progress into the spring, we um, had some field trips outside. um, And we also actually had people bring in some material. So one of them was geology, soils and geology of Indiana. And the professor who came in from Indiana University Northwest talked about what was going on relative to the whole state. And then, so we're up here on the coastline of Lake Michigan, so talked about the geology of the Northwest Indiana area as well. And then she had the our future stewards uh, do a identification of rocks and minerals. So it was quite, it was a heavy load to bring in, I have to say, and packing it all up, or and unpacking it as well. And when I talk about it just being up here in northwest Indiana, that's where we piloted the program. But the goal is for this program to go statewide. In the future, we're not sure if it'll be next year or the year after. So, but the, that's what we're anticipating. And this year is a little bit different because we are in the middle of COVID still, or the COVID pandemic. And because of that, we're doing a virtual program. So we will have speakers come and do it via, in this case, the Zoom platform. So I don't want to advertise for Zoom, but we'll be using the Zoom platform. Yeah, and we have a lot of speakers lined up for this one. So we have two, uh, I want to say two new modules, but one of them will be rolled into water quality. We um, have designed a new module for septic systems. So septic systems is an issue uh, statewide because we uh, overall the soil is not truly supporting of a septic system. And then unfortunately, if we have failing septic systems, we have water quality issues. So septic systems will be discussed in the water quality session, uh, which will be the second week of the program. And then the other new one is um, litter in our waterways. So I'm excited about that one because we have a lot of um, litter and plastics and those impacts on the the environment and the local organisms who utilize that environment as well as our enjoyment of the waterways is impacted. So we have somebody coming from Valparaiso University to talk about their research. We have a Sea Grant person coming in to talk about what Sea Grant does relative to microplastics, which are plastics smaller than five millimeters in size. And then we have somebody coming in to talk about recycling. So, I mean, that's a it's a jam-packed, load of fun type topic there. Um, it sure sounds so I should great. Let you know. I mean, yeah. I hope it is. I really do. I'm excited about this. And I should say one of our other modules is not quite up at the point of being completed is wetlands. And wetlands are really important in terms of water quality. So we will have, besides the person from... We have somebody coming in to talk from the state about the state and water quality. And then we have the wetland component because that's really important relative to water quality. And um, we may have one other speaker 
I'm not quite sure, but we may have somebody else as well. So I anticipate water quality to be a little bit of an issue, but we'll see how that one goes. Uh, the program starts March 17th of this year, so it's a Wednesday, so you can celebrate St. Patrick's Day by getting on and uh, listening to the uh, first presenter. And it, it's open to people asking questions, and it will run weekly. So it sounds like a long time, but believe it or not, before you know it, May will be here and over, and we will have a different topic for each week. And and I think it, it worked fairly well. We did have some, when we ran it as a pilot, and Kathy can attest to some of our um, AV issues, if we call it that anywhere, I'm not even sure. But <laughs> I think we do. We had some minor <laughs> issues, but we'll be virtual, and we have people who can handle the Zoom issues and the different platforms as well. Um, yeah. So we, we're looking forward to that. Registration is um, open until March 10th if you are interested. And if you're not completely sure if this is for you, you can go to the website for the program, which is indianawatershedprogram.wordpress.com. I was telling Kathy I haven't been down to WordPress yet and paid for for the name change, but it's... Uh, it's that, so indianawatershedprogram.wordpress.com. And one of the goals of the program is to, um, is to look for people who want to volunteer. So they're interested, and they, they want to get their hands involved or get involved with, say, some type of environmental effort wherever they are, if they're even down, if they're downstate or even up here in northwest Indiana. And um, so, so we have, say, Kathy. And she can. I'll ask Kathy later what she, how she applied, say, the Watershed Steward Program to sure. what she does. But we have one steward who organized beach cleanups at at Whiting, Indiana, at Wahala Beach, and he did another one. Yep, David Klein. Yep. So that was fantastic. So these are some of the things we we have lots of communities or cities who need assistance with invasive plant removal. And they would train you and get you all geared up and ready to go so you would be providing assistance in that way. We have, um, if you're not interested in specifically doing that type of thing, you can even help, say, somebody such as myself get some of this material up and managed. And so one of the areas that I, besides doing so many weird things. I also try to do the social media for this, and we do have social media sites for the Indiana Master Watershed Steward Program. One is on Facebook, and it's just called the Indiana Master Watershed Steward. And then the other one is on Twitter, and that one is at Indiana MWSP. I invite you to become one of our followers and find out what's, what's going on on both sites. I like to post volunteer opportunities. I post if they uh, pop up. Such There's a few internships that have come up and jobs, and it's kind of weird, but I do post them up there because I hope that the word will get out even to students who are looking for something in the environmental area. And um, so those are just some of the things that we are doing. And um, um, so... I'm not too hard on you. If you miss, if you miss a class or two, just let me know. 
but and we will be recording these. There is so there is a test at the end, and uh, we will. Um, it's open book, open to everything, and it's hey, it's a virtual environment. So the pros and cons. The cons are you're not sitting there in the classroom or where we were in 2019 having direct interaction. But then again, you're on the Zoom platform. So you can take a break. You can walk around. You can deal with your kids. You can um, ask questions. So we will be handling the questions. And um, uh, there can be quite a, there may be quite some hearty discussions, if we want to call it that, with some of these topic areas. Um, if I remember correctly, with uh, agriculture, we had some oh good discussions going on there. Yeah, yeah that way <laughs> I was a little bit of a heckler. <laughs> yeah, we had some of that. And actually yeah. our same person who did it, um, uh, Nicole Messicar, she, yeah. she'll be back to do it again. So you guys didn't drive her I out love, of the room yet. I love Nicole. <laughs> she's She's awesome, yeah. I'm just, yeah. you know, I'm into permaculture, so, you know, i gotta got to get my points across where oh, I can, yeah. but yes. <laughs> well, I, well, we I thought it was absolutely fantastic, and no, Leslie did not pay me to say this. I thought it was, you know, a wonderful experience, and, and at the same time, you know, while I did love being in class, and Nicole came back again for the macro uh, invertebrate uh, session. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you said that one. So that was pretty neat, obviously, getting to, like, touch the critters and look at them under, you know, microscope or under a magnifying glass. And, you know, that's a little harder on Zoom to get that feel. (laughs) However, you can probably show that on screen, you know, very effectively. So I think for whatever cons there might be, the pluses of being able to have it recorded be able to watch that rich material again to pick up on some of the, you know, really finer details and the, you know, kind of um, very information-heavy type stuff. I, I mean, that's great. I certainly would have liked to have been able to replay a recording of, of some of those awesome lectures. Uh, I, I thought it was, you know, fascinating. Yeah, you know, and it was, and, and um yeah, the benthic macroinvertebrates went really well. So I don't know if Kathy remembers. In 2019, we were having intense rainfalls. So again, um, yeah, in this case, um, Nicole brought in all the water from the um, Kankakee River area. We, the plan was for us to go out. So we were up here in Chesterton doing the class to Coffee Creek to to do some sampling, but um, it was pouring rain. We just didn't, we didn't go out, and uh, she brought in the samples for the stewards to look at. Uh, last year, the plan, so this was, this was last year. Last year's plan, say, for a, a, one of our field trips was to go to the state park and do a wildlife walk, and um, that did not happen. Unfortunately, because of COVID, the program was canceled last year. And um, I, I have to admit, I was not prepared. I was not even thinking virtual at that time in March. Um, it wasn't until several phone calls and ending a class in May for the university that I'm like, uh-huh, virtual is the way to go. So here we go. <laughs> well, I think you could be forgiven. All of us were just getting our heads around what this meant in March of last year. I don't think anybody quite knew you know, the way it would shape our coming year <laughs> so you were not alone yeah I'm sure yeah we um 
Yeah, so one of the, I know, the, it, it was, it's been tough for everybody, but again, the pros and cons, I, I've, I'm hoping we can recruit some people from southern Indiana to come to us, So, which makes it a, a pro for them because we did on the 2019 pro uh, go 2019 we had some calls from Indianapolis and I thought that was fantastic but I thought are you are you crazy driving up here Drive you know yeah. That'd be for a this? long long even commute though, a long yeah I know. that's how good it was even though, though people, it was that good <laughs> yeah people were ready to drive yeah they were yeah they were so we'll see if we maybe they're listening today but Maybe. we are looking for you to get your hands dirty. Um, so even some of the other areas, we have um, programs where they do stream break restoration. They, we have the macroinvertebrates. So we have Hoosier River Watch. That would be, say, Nicole come in to talk about the Hoosier River Watch program and benthic uh, macroinvertebrates and water quality, which... Uh, so this is up here, and Joe Exel from Nerpsey will be back to talk about water quality. He's the opening act on March 17th. And then Nicole is farther down into April or May to talk water quality and macroinvertebrates and the Hoosier River Watch, which is a fantastic program that the state is behind. So as a volunteer, you would adopt a part of the stream for yourself to a stream where you are or wherever you would like to be, and you would do a lot of different activities in terms of the chemistry or the biology of that stream, and then you would input your data into a database for the state or for anybody who wants to look at it, and they can the state could look at it and say, you know what, there is a problem here. Or you could say to your watershed um, coordinator, wherever you are, you know, I was just out sampling the stream in the watershed, and I noticed that from this month to this month, I've seen a drop in the number of macroinvertebrates, or I've seen an increase in the amount of phosphorus in the water, or whatever you are analyzing, and then they might say something to their local um, state, um, IDEM, in this case, State Environmental Agency, about it, and then the state can go and look at it. Or or anybody can use it. A teacher can use the Hoosier River Watershed Stewart, oh, Hoosier River Watch program as well. And then we brought in somebody from the Forest Service to talk about trees, and that was another one that caused a bit of a discussion because the forecast is we're going to see some major changes in our tree populations in the next um, 10 or 15 years. I may have the wrong span of time here. And um, his due name climate, is Drew Hart. It's climate, that was we mostly climate. due to climate, right? That if our if our zone effectively changes from a zone five B to something mm-hmm. else, trees that we've always considered native might not thrive right. in our new temperatures. I think that was kind of the idea behind that. And some people who had invested heavily in native trees were, you know, little. I think they were awfully glad to be in the class because they just hadn't thought of it. You know, they're aware of climate change and they're aware of, you know, that they're native plants. The idea that it could shift was a new thing for a lot of us, I think. Yeah, so, and I, so, yeah, so, um, so we had the climate change 
uh, presentation. Actually, the person who is, who is from the Purdue Climate Center couldn't make it, so I did her pre presentation. And then she'll be back this year to talk about what's going on. Purdue just finished the uh, climate publications. There are, I think, eight to ten of them from human health to aquatic ecology and infrastructure changes. That, so there's so many of them out there that you can go there and look at those, and she'll be talking about that. And then we would have Drew come in again and talk about the changes in terms of the trees and um, um, uh, I can't remember. is it silviculture for tree growing? Yep. I can't yep. quite remember. Okay, thank you. That's right. And um, and then he talked. He is also involved with the program up here, and I don't know if it's say in southern Indiana called Community. So they yep. goal is to put in over five thousand trees in say northwest Indiana to help uh, with stormwater runoff as well as climate change issues. And um, it would also reinstate some of the habitat for the organisms or the animals, the birds, um, change um, hopefully some of the soil characteristics, these trees going back in. So there's, you know, if you, nothing else, it's all interconnected. So it's, uh, it's going Absolutely. to be a lot. Yeah, it's it sounds like a lot. And it sounds like a lot different enough that I'd love to be a fly on the wall if you have any extra space in your Zoom room. <laughs> I don't know if that's uh, uh, something that past stewards uh, can can do. I know you're really good about including past stewards with brainstorming about coming up programs. I'm not always able mm -hmm. to join on those, but when I can, I'd say that's another really intangible benefit of this whole thing is is being in this community of people who care deeply, like beyond the time that you do. I mean, honestly, I think a lot of us probably would have done our volunteer work anyway, but doing it through mm -hmm. the lens of water and really being dialed in to that purpose and, you know, forming this network of people that you now know that outside of class, you know, you can go go forth and decide to do projects with and work together and that kind of thing. Do you do you want me to share a little bit about some of the things that I did? Yes. Would that be okay? Yes, please. Right. We, yeah, you mentioned David Klein, and it's just kind of funny because today when we're recording this, it's February 15th, uh, 2021, and exactly one year ago today on February 15th, he and I worked together on um, a program that we called the Climate Action Blitz that we held in Highland. And he did all the mm -hmm. AV for that event. Uh, so he helped on the planning of it. I helped on the planning of it. And it was a snowstorm, kind of like today as well. So although we had over 100 <laughs> people register to attend that live event, uh, we only had about 65 people come. But they were from 13 different uh, Northwest Indiana communities. And, you know, we just showed them um, some tools and some methodologies that they can employ in their own neighborhoods uh, to help with climate solutions. And then, so that was something I did with David, and then there were actually a few other stewards that attended, which was pretty cool. And then another uh, steward who lives pretty near me, Bonnie Swarner, and her, mm -hmm. her daughter, Susan Swarner, uh, also lives nearby. Bonnie and I teamed up with some other people, and we did um, what we called an eco-skill share and so she hosted it on her land, uh, one of her Swerner Nature Preserves. 
And, um, you know, so we had some stewards that just showed what they knew, kind of what you talked about, how to keep plastics out of the the water, um, you know, what native plants can do to help keep the water from flooding. You know, some of those native plants have roots that are like 14 feet long, and so they just make the the soil incredibly porous and, um, you know, help with the the retention of the, the riverbanks or the 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 water, the shore, whatever form of water it might be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had somebody talk about that. We had uh, an invasive species identification and, you know, supervised removal with Bonnie and uh, some others. So it was really a rich time where we not only – you know, contributed, but we tried to teach other people and get people excited and interested about what we knew, kind of realizing not everybody can have a flexible schedule um, to go and attend these things. I mean, it was it was pretty darn convenient, but some people, you know, just couldn't get there. And I, I don't think we've said the price yet, but it was, like, super affordable. I mean, so it's not really about the money, but um, – we just we wanted to, as stewards, take that information that you gave us and take it as far as we could. So after I kind of did all my official hours, as we've already mentioned last year with COVID, a crazy year, I said, you know what, this is the year I am going to convert my own front yard from turf grass to kind of like all native plants. And that's what I did. So I went to the Wild Ones native plant sale I have not had them on a podcast yet, but I'd like to. They they do some good work. And I had gone to the Miller Beach native plant sale, and I tried to get native plants wherever I could. But it was good to have steward friends again who were growing them, and you could get them from. Um, but so now my front yard in this very normal Valparaiso, Indiana subdivision <laughs> is the only <laughs> house uh, on my street and probably – for the you know maybe a mile radius that that looks the way it does, but it's got you know wood chips and it's got native plants and I just love it and I got it certified by the National Wildlife Federation, um, you know so that you know just saying that I took the steps to make it better able to support wildlife and it was really true, I mean even in the first year before the plants were fully mature. I saw birds that I'd never seen before. I saw a toad in my front yard. I'd never seen a toad when I had grass. I saw a salamander. I'd never seen a salamander. I saw way more butterflies. Um, I saw a northern flicker. I had never in my life seen a northern flicker in my yard or otherwise, and it was just so exciting to have this little patch of, you know, somewhat restored. I mean, it was only year one and that was all happening. So mm-hmm. I just can't wait until this year to see. I think it'll probably be even better. So I I really yeah, want to thank you. And, and Oh, and then the other thing I did too was I, um, in my backyard, I kind of built like a dry stream bed and a little mini rain garden where sometimes like flooding would happen. I just kind of leaned into it and did a little rain garden there. So I I really got a lot out of it. I loved what I did in community, but then I kind of brought it into the the micro application in my own yard. And I just really want to thank you, Leslie, for bringing this great program to our area and making it available, you know, even beyond our area this year. Well, I mean, that all sounds absolutely fantastic, everything that you did and accomplished. 
And, you know, you would be one of our stewards who could help our incoming class, hopefully of 2021, um, achieve their stewardship status. And I didn't say this, and I only have a couple of minutes, but normally, or not normally, what you would need to do to do that is do your 35 hours of volunteer time over a two-year period, and which is easy to do because before you know it, 35 hours is done, and you would become a full-fledged steward. And as a full-fledged steward, you, even though I do have all these T-shirts, I haven't quite got <laughs> I'm really bad. Maybe it's the COVID. Um, so you get a T-shirt and a pin for your first year, and then we're doing pins for uh, two, five, and ten years. So oh, cool. Um, you see, I didn't, I didn't even yeah. know that. So I yeah, would love are, to help with that. Yeah, I definitely have so we're ideas. Doing that. <laughs> and I can connect people to Leslie, or you know, connect people that have volunteer okay. opportunities to Leslie. I just like to be mm-hmm. that point person if people are not sure where to go. What we want to show you if how you, you can get involved, that. and this is, yeah, this is a great, great way to become involved. So I know we're almost out of time. It always goes faster than we could ever imagine. <laughs> but thank you again. We've been talking with Leslie Dorworth, uh, aquatic ecology specialist from Purdue University Northwest, about the uh, Indiana Master Watershed Steward Program. So you'll be able to get there right from the show notes on Blog Talk Radio, on 219 Green Connect, on Twitter, on Facebook, the places Leslie already said, or just try Googling Indiana Master Watershed Steward. I think you'll find us with all those places. <laughs> so again, I'm you will. Kathy Stimple. You've been listening to another episode of 219 Green Connect. So please share this with any friends you think might be interested in this opportunity and help us so we can keep this beautiful place uh, here at the southern shores of Lake Michigan uh, healthy and happy and you can be a part of it. So thanks for joining us.